It doesn't matter how other families do it. In our family, we will do it this way, my mother used to tell us. My parents had high standards for us kids, which we often had a hard time living up to. But most, if not all of those standards, became ingrained in us and we carried them with us now as adults. There will always be a gap between the standards we affirm and the way we live. I believe in having a clean and tidy home and always showing respect and being kind, but I do not always live up to those standards. The same is true of our country. We have high standards that we all learned as children and carry with us as adults. On the other hand, we know that our country has never fully lived up to those standards. Similarly, ancient Israel had high standards which, historically, they were not able to live up to. In their ancient national charter, the law, or Torah, ascribed according to the story to Moses, the standards set for their life together were remarkably enlightened. For example, the Sabbath law provided a day of rest every week for everyone, free people, enslaved people, resident foreigners, and even for animals. The enslaved persons who worked inside the house at Thomas Jefferson's Monticello did not even get that benefit. We just learned on the tour on our visit there recently. The law of Moses also included a law providing for debt forgiveness every seventh year and the return of all land to its original owner every 70th year. If those laws were practiced, there would never develop a permanent poor class. In addition, every third year, the tithes paid to the temple were to be kept in the towns where they were collected for the support of the poor, the widows, and the immigrants. I don't want to paint an idyllic and incorrect picture. Other laws about the role of women and sexuality, for example, would horrify us today. Nevertheless, those standards I mentioned were brilliant and noble aspirations. But as soon as Israel evolved from a tribal confederacy into a monarchy, those ideals were left behind in the dustbin of history never to be achieved. It is tragically possible to give lip service to high standards without having the courage and discipline required to achieve them. Jesus also had high standards. He had a vision of what life could be like And it was beautiful, a noble vision. He called it the kingdom of God. The standards for life in the kingdom of God included the requirement of forgiving each other in the community instead of seeking vengeance. Those standards included inclusive table fellowship with excluded, marginalized people and people with bad reputations. But because those high standards are not our default way of living, When Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God, he also included the demand to repent. I hate the word repent today because it has been freighted with concepts of guilt, shame, self-loathing, and judgmentalism. But originally, to Jesus, it meant to change your thinking with the implication that when you think differently, you live differently. When you hold people to high standards, some of them get offended. In our text, we heard about how people in Jesus' hometown were offended by his teaching. How could a hometown boy be telling his elders that they needed to think differently? So, Jesus took his mission out on the road, 
and sent his disciples with the same vision. Some were inspired, others took offense. Notice what Jesus was doing. He was holding his own fellow Israelites to the standards to which they all gave lip service as they read the Law of Moses and the Prophets every Sunday in the synagogue service. If anyone objected that no other nation acted according to those standards, I can just hear Jesus saying what my mother said. Maybe in other nations they do it differently, but in our nation, we do it this way. We forgive. We live inclusively. We provide for the poor and the immigrant. We practice justice and radical hospitality. We are different because we have a different understanding of God. We do not believe that God is our pet, tribal God, one among many. We believe that God is the God of all people, the Creator, the source from whom all the families of the earth take their name. We believe that all people are created in God's image and therefore must be treated with respect and dignity. God is the source of those high standards we affirm. God is the one who is ultimately calling us to live this way, even if no one else does. And so, like Jesus, and just like all of the ancient prophets of Israel before him, we too find it appropriate and even necessary to hold our nation accountable to her high standards. We have, in America, an amazing vision of a free and just society. Thomas Jefferson wrote the words to our Declaration of Independence, which we celebrate today, saying, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. As we toured Jefferson's Monticello estate, we heard with sadness how far he was from being able to live up to those standards. Jefferson himself enslaved over 600 persons in his lifetime and sired six children by one of them, Sally Hemings. Today, we live with the legacy of 400 years of slavery, followed by Jim Crow laws, disenfranchisement, redlining, segregation, and overt discrimination. We know our history including the lynchings, the massacres at Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Elaine, Arkansas, and many other places. Even today, in many states, including our own, laws are being passed that look to fair-minded people as though their intent is to limit opportunities to vote. Many people believe that if black senators were elected in Georgia, there must have been massive fraud, even though there has been no evidence of such. So, we must hold our nation to high standards. If we love our country, as we say we do, we must do all that is in our power to make sure we fulfill the promises Jefferson wrote and the Congress adopted, even if they did not fulfill them. If all people, not just men, not just white property-owning men, are created equal, and if they all are endowed by their Creator with inalienable rights, then let us be patriotic enough to demand that ideal be met at every level of our society. Let us love our country the way we love our own families, enough to hold her accountable to the standards she has set for herself. And let us go even further, loving the God that Jesus taught us to love by living as if God were indeed king, 
Let us strive not just for justice, but for the kind of sacrificial lives of compassion and service that Jesus called us to. When we say in God we we trust, let us trust that God's way of forgiveness, inclusion, and compassionate service is the key to having a community of joy and abundance and a nation we can be proud of.